Father God, we thank you so much for life. Lord, we thank you for family. You created family. And Lord, you've drawn us together to be family in Jesus Christ. Jesus, you paved the way to know Almighty God. What a blessing. God, I pray that you just reveal more and more of who you are today to us. Help us to come in childlike faith, God. Help us to love you back. And Lord, I pray that your word would go forth in power and um, effectiveness, God. Your word doesn't return void. So Lord, you're just awesome. And I thank you that we get to dine on your holy word that can change our hearts, can change the course of our, uh, the path we're on, can actually change who we are at the core of our being, God. We want to see that. We want to know that today, God. Let your word be powerful. Jesus would speak words and things would happen. So God, we thank you for your holy, powerful, and pure word today, God. By the power of the Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> amen. Um, all right, I'm going to uh, be reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And I'm going to read through uh, the first 11 verses. I don't know if I'll do it all at one time. Um, but I actually have a, a lot of different scriptures today. I don't know if I'm going to get to all of them, but I can say this. This message and what's in my heart um, was birthed through God's word and it was through some trial. It was through some difficulty. But the Lord is so good. He knows exactly. He knows how to meet us right where we are. He's so kind and involved. And uh, yeah, like about six weeks ago, um, as many of you probably know, I'll just before I read the word, I still deal with anxiety and fear at times and tiredness, and it's a battle. But I do believe that by the grace of God, I'm growing and maturing going from faith to faith and glory to glory in Christ. But about five or six weeks ago, the certain battles of fear were so intense. And uh, yeah, I'll get to that a little bit later, but I'd, I'm just so grateful that God meets us where we're at. He's not, he's powerful enough to meet you at your lowest point, to meet you in your deepest shame, to meet you in your strongest fear, your most gripping sin. God Almighty, through the invisible but real Holy Spirit, wants to meet you for you to encounter the grace of God and for you to be changed, for you to be broken, for you to be grateful for you to be his son and his daughter, and for you to be filled with a purpose, a purpose of loving God and loving people. That's God's will. He's amazing. He didn't have to call us out, like Pastor shared earlier, where we were. 
And some of you may still be. He didn't have to bring us out of darkness. He didn't have to bring us out of our rebellion. But he has chosen to. And Jesus decided to suffer and die on the cross so that we can know Almighty God. It's just amazing. That's just part of what's on my heart to share. And this passage of Scripture was actually a brother uh, encouraged me with this. I'm so thankful to be able to share it with you guys because God is just so good. All right. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Just going to read on down. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God that is at Corinth, with all the saints who are in the whole of Achaia, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So what's he want for them? Grace and peace. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort. I do want to say real quick, that's a New King James. This is ESV, so if you notice a few words different, it's okay. Um, they're pretty similar, but okay, just want to insert that real quick. So this is really the key verse, verse 4, but there's so much in here. Who comforts us? God, who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction or trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort, or our consolation abounds. Suffering can be abounding, but comfort can be abounding as well. What an awesome God. Verse 6, if we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings that we suffer. Our hope for you is unshaken, for we know that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in our comfort. <laughs> I'm just going to pause right there, and then we'll come back to this same passage. Um, so God has revealed himself as the God of all comfort. But we also need to recognize that God is not the God we paint in our minds, in our image. This God began back in Genesis and even before. He's God. He's Almighty God. He spoke the world into existence. And He created mankind. This is a powerful God. And we'll see in a little bit, man rebelled and God punishes sin. And in Genesis 6, what did God do to the earth? Anybody? Think six or seven? Flooded the earth. This is Almighty God brought a flood to the earth because of the wickedness and corruption in man's heart. So he's very kind and meek, but he's also very, very holy, very powerful. He's not just who we see in our mind. That's why it's important to go to the word of God to understand who God is. We need his word to have an accurate understanding of who he is. God is holy. We must remember that. 
But in this passage, the Holy Spirit, who spoke through Paul, is revealing God, this God who flooded the earth because of corruption. He's revealing Him as the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction. What an amazing God. What an amazing God. Um, in John 14, 26, Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit. And there's different translations call the Holy Spirit different things. But the ESV says, but the helper, the Holy Spirit. The King James says, the comforter, the Holy, or, yeah, the comforter, the Holy Spirit. So we need to understand that God comforts us in all our affliction, and he's going to comfort us through his Holy Spirit. If you are a born-again believer, if you've turned from sin, living for self, with self on the throne, doing what I want to do, my, it's going to be my way. I'm not going to submit. No, she's not going to tell me that. No, it's me. If you've turned to that, repented, and put your faith in God, then you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You receive the comforter. For life, you have the Holy Spirit for the afflictions in life. What a gift. What a blessing that God has decided to give us himself in our afflictions. That's amazing. But I want to address a little bit what is affliction and how can affliction be, what can cause affliction. So the Greek word for affliction is pressure. It can mean literally or figuratively pressure. It can mean anguish, burden, persecution, and trouble. And the Noah-Webster Dictionary defines anguish as extreme pain, either of body or mind. So think about that. God, the God of comfort, comforts us in all our anguish, all of our extreme pain, both of body but extreme pain of mind. I'm not the only one that has experienced that. That's part of this sinful world. But God wants to comfort us in that extreme pain. God wants to comfort us with our burdens. God wants to comfort those who experience persecution. What a mighty God. What a loving God. So he comforts us in all our affliction. But we need to understand that affliction can be caused by different things. So I'm going to just quickly share, uh, I believe, three things. One is sin. So as I talked about earlier, Adam and Eve rebelled from God. God told them not to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. This is God gave them a command, and they rebelled. They chose to do what they wanted to do. They listened to Satan. So this is a sinful world. That uh, God said, um, lest you die. So they were spirit, the spiritual connection they had to God, they died spiritually. So before we put our faith in Christ, we are dead spiritually. So sin is a cause of affliction, both mankind's sin, but also our personal sin. Sometimes we go through things and we're like, why am I experiencing this? Well, am I seeking the Lord? Am I humbling myself? Am I trusting God? Are my choices, is my rebellion causing some affliction in my life? That's a question that we all can ask. 
both those that are unsaved and those who have put their faith in Christ? Are my choices creating affliction in my life? That's something very important. So sin can cause affliction. Another thing is the enemy. We, as pastor, were sharing with the worship team, we're in a war. Again, we need the Word of God and the Holy Spirit to realize these things. But we are in a war. And in John 10.10, Jesus said, The thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. There is a being who wants to steal, to kill, and to destroy your life, your, your, just who you are, your soul, and your relationship with God. So the enemy can create affliction. Um, he can be part of the affliction. And also, in 1 Peter 5.8, actually, I need to turn there unless he beat me to it. 1 Peter 5.8, give me just a moment. It says, be sober-minded and watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. So the enemy is prowling around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. He wants to devour your hope in Christ. He wants to devour your obedience to God. He wants to devour your, your proper view of God and, and get you so focused on self that you're bitter or you're focused on other things and distracted. So be aware of that, that affliction, the enemy plays a part in that. He does not want you loving God with all your heart, soul, and mind. But lastly, affliction can just be part of the trials of this life. Um, and I'm going to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 12 to read some of Paul's affliction that he experienced. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, I'm going to start with verse 7. So again, affliction can be because of sin. We have to remember the enemy, but also the trials we face in life. So in verse 7, Paul said, So to keep me from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is perfect in weakness. So this was affliction that Paul was facing. And what was he asking? He was asking for that affliction to be taken away. Take this away from me, Lord. I don't like this. Help me. But did God take it away? His response was, my grace is sufficient for you. God was telling Paul, look to Jesus. Jesus saying, look to me. Let me comfort you in your affliction. You're not alone. I won't leave you. Don't try to work this out in your own strength. So sometimes we want affliction gone, but God is saying, trust me in it. Trust me in it. Do you trust me? Do you trust your own strength? So I just encourage you, when you experience affliction, the affliction of life, when you're seeking the Lord and you go through certain things that you don't understand, instead of complaining, let's be people 
who lean on Jesus. Let's be people who thank him for being the solid rock on which I stand. Let's be people who praise him. Like Joe's shirt, it says, worship is my weapon. Let's be people who worship Jesus in affliction because God actually gets glory when we do that. What a mighty God. What a mighty God. Praise the Lord. All right, so again, God comforts us in all our affliction. Uh, 2 Corinthians 1, verse 4. But how do we receive, well, let me ask, you know, yeah, how do we receive the comfort of God? How do we connect with this God of comfort? It's obviously through repentance and faith, but it's all through faith in the Holy Spirit. So if you're a child of God, then God has given you a measure of faith. And no matter what you're going through, you can receive his comfort in life through faith and through the power of the Holy Spirit. We are not defeated people, okay? A lot of this message is talking about affliction and suffering, but it's talking about comfort. But we have to recognize we're not defeated. Jesus won the victory over the enemy, okay? We are not defeated people. But God is compassionate and he understands that we're gonna go through it. He understands that we're very, very weak. In fact, he wants us to see our weakness so that we'll depend on him more than on our own self. And he did that for Paul. In fact, I'm gonna read that uh, back to 2 Corinthians chapter one. I'm gonna read verse eight and then I'm gonna share some things on how we can know this God of comfort. So verse 8 of 2 Corinthians chapter 1. For we do not want you to be unaware, brothers, of the affliction we experienced in Asia. We were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Indeed, we felt that we had received the sentence of death, but that was to make us rely not on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. Wow. He despaired even unto life. This is the apostle Paul. That's some affliction. That's serious. And God is so kind to give us this passage of scripture to, to let us know you're gonna go through affliction. But I'm here to comfort you in that affliction. Don't believe the lies of the devil of giving up or he's not worth it or accusing him of things. No, God is saying, my grace is sufficient. Turn and look to me. Let me be your comfort. Let me be your rock. He despaired of life itself, but he said so that he wouldn't rely on himself. It was on God. And I'll tell you what, God's grace is sufficient. When you think you cannot go one more day, when you want to give up, when you think it's not worth it, I promise you his grace is sufficient. I promise you that there's hope, but it's when you lean on and you surrender to Jesus Christ. His presence and his word are so rock solid and perfect and pure and penetrating to the deepest 
places of your soul that no human being can go. God's word can penetrate every single area of your mind and your soul and gift you with repentance, gift you with joy, gift you with healing and comfort and hope that no human being can do. He created you and he loves you and he wants to be there with you and for you in those difficult times. What a mighty God. But he knows how inclined we are to depend on ourselves. Do I need him as much when things are going great? I don't recognize my need. But when I'm going through it, when I was going through it six weeks ago, five weeks ago, I needed something. I needed God Almighty to help me stay sane in my mind. I'm serious. (laughs) And I'll share that here in a moment. But what a mighty God. What a mighty God. So just going to hopefully kind of quickly share some different ways on how we can know this God of comfort and know his comfort. So first is by clinging to his word. The word of God, on Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. The word of God is the strongest foundation. It's eternal. It's amazing. So I'm going to read from Psalm 119, verse 50. I love the book of Psalms because when he's going through it, he's honest with God. And who here can relate? Yeah, he's honest. He doesn't act like he has it all together. But what he does is he doesn't stay in the pit. He doesn't stay and venting. He doesn't stay in self-pity. He's real with God, but he ultimately looks to God. And that's what God wants for us. He wants to comfort us in our affliction and to lift us out so that we'll be able to comfort others. So Psalm 119, verse 50. This is my comfort in my affliction, that your word or your promises give me life. Psalm 119, 107. I am severely afflicted. That one says, I am afflicted very much. (laughs) Give me life, O Lord, according to your word. Do you see what's happening here? He's acknowledging, I'm afflicted very much. Lord, this is difficult. Lord, I don't like this. But you're my rock. Give me life. But according to your word. So we have a part in this. It's not just going to happen. God, comfort me. No. Are, Are you going to the word for your comfort? Are you clinging to God's word when that affliction, that trial is there? And here's something else. It's not just going to a verse in the moment. It's having it in your heart already. Your word I've hidden in my heart. Are we people of the word? Are we daily eating, devouring the word of God? Are we sharing the word with each other? Are we listening to the word? Because the word, when you're in that trial, that's what's going to help you. By the power of the Holy Spirit, it's going to help you cling to Christ's solid rock. Man, his word is amazing. And I can just tell you, just personal testimony, his word has brought me out of the deep waters 
of um, anxiety and, I don't know if I'd say complete hopelessness, but just anguish of mind, you know? But his word has lifted me out. His word has lifted me out. And I'm going to share one of those things. Um, but I want to share this one. I thought this is, this is just real. Psalm 119, 28. <laughs> he says, my soul melts away for sorrow, or my soul melts from heaviness. What if I were to walk in the door and Patrick asked me, like, Troy, how you doing? Man, my soul is melting with heaviness. I'd be like, what? You need to go talk to pastor or something, you know? Like, but what poetic, beautiful language, but he's being real. Who says that? Who says, my soul is melting away with sorrow, guys? If you heard that, what would you do? Okay, man, you get better. You'll be okay. You know, look to Jesus. No, it's like, man, that's something serious. Like, that's real. But strengthen me according to your word. There's life in the word of God when you have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. He wants to meet you in those places. But it's not just for you. He comforts us in all our affliction. But it's so that we can comfort others with the comfort we received. And I'm going to share this and I'm going to keep going. I don't want to take too much time, but... Yeah, back about five, six weeks ago, I don't remember all the details, but I do recall this fear was so strong that was coming at me. And I I battled with it off and on, but I think it might have been early in the morning, and I believe I was actually in the kitchen. And it was like, if I would not have mentally focused my mind on the Word of God, then it seemed like my mind was going to go either into panic or something was, it was crazy. But it was like God was giving me strength and I, I clung to Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. You make me lie down in green pastures. You lead me beside still waters. You, you God, restore my soul. Um, what's the next? Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me, God. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me, God. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. In the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I'll tell you what, Psalm 23 has become like a friend to me. The word of God. I'm telling you, God will meet you at your lowest, most messed up place. His word through the Holy Spirit. Understand that. It's the Holy Spirit of God with the word. Wants to be there with you, meet you in that dark place. And he wants to bring, comfort you and bring you up so that you will give him praise and glory and so that you'll have something for someone else. Because what you're going through is not only for you. The affliction that God allows in your life, beware of getting focused on self. But the affliction he allows in your life is not only for you. He has something through you for other people. But that's when you are surrendered to him and trusting in him. So, 
Cling to the word. That's a way to know the God of comfort. And I really believe he just, this message is for us, for those who don't know God, but for us who know him, because we're gonna face trials. We're gonna face affliction. But if I'm caving in all the time to sin or complaining, am I glorifying God? No, he wants to build character so that people see, man, she went through, what she's going through that and she's still singing a, a hymn? Why is she singing that song to her creator? What is it about that? Because there's people out there hurting that God wants, I'm telling you, he's just so real like that. What a mighty, loving God. There's people that are hurting there's people in your area of influence or people out and about that are hopeless, people that are afflicted, but not in connection with the comforter. There's no real soul comfort outside of God. It's, it's just not real, not genuine, not lasting. But what God is doing in you or has done, that testimony, it's not just for you. People need to know that. So don't minimize the, the, the pain, the trial. God is way bigger. And we're not defeated people. We're not defeated people. Even when we're in affliction, we're not defeated. Because we have faith in a risen Lord. In a risen Lord. So another thing, um, in the same chapter, in verse 4, he says, who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those in any affliction. So we cling to the word, but we also embrace fellowship, embrace the body of Christ. One major way that God will bring comfort to your life in affliction is through the body of Christ. That's his design. So my question is, how are you embracing fellowship? How are you embracing God the Father through others. And I want to say, I am so thankful for how God is doing that here at this church. And it's not unique to Lighthouse. God is faithful. There's some amazing bodies of Christ throughout the world, okay? But what he's doing here is real. And I can tell you, God has ministered to me. He's comforted me through many of you all. When I've been down, I get caught up in my mind and my thinking and just condemnation. And God will help someone to help me see from a different perspective. And it's like, why was I flipping out? But what happens is that comfort touches my soul so that I can rise up and praise the Lord and, and go serve someone or just love Jesus back, me and him, or get my mind on someone else. That's God's will. He wants to make us people like that. But embracing fellowship is vital. If you're not, and it's not just coming to church, it's being the church and being one with each other. It's being willing to get real with each other, invest time with each other, being willing to confront each other. The fact that this is a lot about comfort doesn't mean we only say nice words. We're to speak the truth in love. But when I'm in sin, the truth, I don't need necessarily comfort when I'm in sin. I need to repent. 
I need to be discomforted and be like, this is not right. But when I turn to the creator, to Jesus Christ, comfort can come. And I'll share this real quick. I saw a guy this, this morning and he was just angry at God, angry at life. This was this morning, angry at life. Invited him to church, but he just wasn't gonna be there. And it was like, the comforter is trying to extend comfort to this man. He wants to bring this man into fellowship with God. But it's a choice. You can embrace the body of Christ and the Holy Spirit through others, or you can reject that and do your own thing. Oh, I don't need them, or holding on to bitterness or whatever it is. But I tell you what, there's a treasure. This, to me, is a treasure. I, right now in my life, I told a few people, I'm a very weak man. I see that in ways. My weaknesses, I'm so weak. Sometimes I'm like, really? Like, what? But I also, we are so rich in our soul, in our spirit. If we're walking with Jesus and seeing him clearly and receiving his love, how rich. And part of that richness is this, the body of Christ, getting together, having fellowship, but also getting real into people's affliction. So I'm blessed. I'm thankful for you guys. You're part of the richness in my soul. Part of it. Seriously, relationships. So if you're not in those kind of relationships, wake up. Humble yourself. Humble yourself and get plugged in, not just to serving at church, but relationships. Such a treasure. So God, people with the Holy Spirit in them. I mean, God is just faithful. And then um, this one was added. So again, it's clinging to the word. That's how we know God's comfort. Um, embracing fellowship, but also prayer, praying. I was communicating with Glenn a little bit, and he let me know that one of the ways that God comforts him the most is through prayer. And I was like, okay. So I put that on here. Prayer. What is your prayer life like? And it's not about you know, okay, I prayed for 30 minutes, check it off. It's just, God has called us to know him through prayer. And God wants to bring comfort to your soul through prayer. But there's two aspects of it. But Jesus is our greatest example. I'm gonna read from Luke 22:44. This is mind-boggling. But Jesus is God in the flesh, but experiencing humanity experiencing our weaknesses, experiencing our affliction. And just, this is amazing. And being in agony, what did he do? He prayed more earnestly. What? Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Why did he pray more earnestly? I don't know all the answers, but... He was rooted in the Father. He, he needed the Father's help. He, he knew who his source was. He knew his source of hope. He knew his source of comfort. It wasn't his experience. It was the Father. So when you're in affliction, pray. doesn't have to be a formula to prayer, but cry out to God. God, you are faithful. God, I need you. Pray his word. Pray Psalm 23. Pray for someone else. When you're in affliction, pray. 
But I want to insert one more thing. It's not only about us. Pastor was talking about prayer earlier. A way that God will comfort others is through your prayers of faith for them. So there's something, a way God wants to use your life to bring comfort, to come alongside others, to serve them. But there's another way that as you pray for others, the Holy Spirit wants to bring them comfort. So don't despise prayer. I see, we see the effects of prayer. It's not always an immediate um, manifestation of what we want, but God moves through prayer. So continue to pray. That's a way to know God's comfort, both for yourself, but also praying for others. (laughs) All right, and then lastly of these four, the last thing is to share. The comfort you've received, share it with others. You have a testimony. If you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you have a testimony. Even if it seems not real dramatic or spectacular, you've been brought as a child of darkness into the, chi- into the kingdom of God and now a child of light if you've repented and put your faith in him. So you have a testimony. The pain and affliction that you've experienced, God wants you to take that and bring comfort to others. What an amazing God. What an amazing God. He loves you, but he loves others as well. Um, I'm going to turn to Matthew chapter 9 and just kind of working our way to finishing up. But Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 through 38. So again, just maybe even now, just think about some of the things you've endured. Think about some of the things God has walked you through, both when you were just headfirst in sin but also as a believer. I'm telling you, if you're a believer pursuing Jesus, saying no to the things of the world, you will face affliction. And it may not be that um, violent persecution here in America yet, but that pain of mind, that extreme pain of mind or pain of soul or whatever, rejection, affliction will come. But God is the God who comforts you. But listen, it's so that you can take that, remember that, and remember God in that moment. Like I'm testifying today. I was in affliction, but God's given me opportunity just to share, to pour it out. He met me, y'all. He met me. I could have went into panic. I was afraid. I was undone. But God met me. God is powerful. And people need to know that. They, not only through your words, but sometimes just being there with them. You have a testimony. Share it, speak it, but live it. Live your testimony. Let's keep getting our eyes off of, off of us and live it out. Live it out for Jesus. I'm telling you, we got the, the, the family to do it with. Life is good in Jesus. Yes, there's affliction, but life is grand in Christ because it's not only about now. And 2 Corinthians 4, Paul says so something we don't get weary. This light momentary affliction is far outweighed by the eternal glory we'll have. It's a little, that's a paraphrase. But we got to just be mindful of eternal things. I'm telling you, God is so good. He's so faithful. So faithful. Okay. Um, so what we experience is for others. And this is one of the passages... Um, that 
makes up what this church body is about, I believe, correct, Pastor? Matthew 9, 30, 35, and 36. Well, he'll, he'll let me know if I'm wrong. But uh, Matthew 9, I'm gonna read 35 through 38. And Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. It's this verse right here. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless. The New King James says they were weary and scattered. The ESV says harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. That's people. He's talking about people. There are people that are weary. There are people that are scattered from God, scattered. There are people that are harassed, people that are helpless, and they need to be saved from themselves and from the things of the world and the lies of the devil. And God, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, wants to use your life to have compassion and to share the comfort you've received with others. We have incredible opportunities here. Um, One of them is at the housing authority, going out there and just loving on the, the kids, loving on the adults out there, just sharing the comfort we've received, sharing the hope we've received, sharing the forgiveness and the mercy we've received. And there's so many opportunities just in daily life. You know, I love what is happening at Corrine's house with Renee and just providing an environment for people to just, you know, get on their feet and encounter God, to meet God, because he's drawing you. God is drawing you to himself. So I praise God for Renee. Amen. Okay, so um, just as we close, again, remember, God is the God of all comfort who comforts us as believers in all our affliction so that we can comfort those who are harassed, who are scattered, or those in the body with the comfort we've received from God. So it starts with God. But he w- don't hold on to that. Don't hold on to that testimony. Don't hold on to that, that um, mercy you received, that comfort in your affliction. Don't hold on to that. Go live it out. Go share it. Live it out so that God will be glorified because people need hope. But the question is, affliction will come, whether it's from pursuing God as a disciple of Christ or because we live in a sinful world or because of personal sin. Affliction will come. But the question is, what do you turn to in trials? What do you turn to in affliction? What do you turn to when things don't go your way? What do you turn to? What do I turn to when my will is crossed? When someone, I have to do something I don't want to do. What do I, where do I go find my comfort? Because we want comfort. Where do I get my comfort? Well, I can tell you seven plus years ago, I got it from filling myself with pleasure. Pleasure, alcohol, um, Sexual impurity, drugs, that was my comfort because I, I wanted comfort. 
but I wasn't seeing the comforter. I wasn't believing that he could meet my need in that moment. I thought this was better. I thought this is the way to comfort myself. I was rejecting him. I was rejecting God who wanted to be my comforter. But I can tell you what, he's my comforter now. And my life is, I'm blessed, super weak. I'll just say that because it's real. I go through it. But I can tell you what, I'm, I, when I say I'm weak, he's just showing me my need. Let me say that, okay? Um, but I'm also, like, as a child of God, super blessed, very fulfilled in my spirit. And that's Jesus. That's what he wants to do in us. So, do you go to religious works? Do you go to trying harder, to serving more? Is that how you comfort yourself to say, oh, I'll be okay, I'll be this good person? Do you go to some type of gratification, whether it's food, sexual sin, entertainment? Is that where you find your comfort? Is that where you put your hope when you're going through that trial, through that affliction? Because that's not God's ultimate will. He wants to be your comforter. He wants to comfort you. The thing that hinders us from going to God is our pride and our unbelief. Like that man I saw this morning. Pride. Such pride. Oh, he was unwilling to surrender to Jesus. He didn't really want to hear about Jesus. And it was just sad, but... I'm not really any different in my flesh. I have the same flesh as that man. I'm not better than him. But he has an opportunity to turn to Jesus. So don't let your pride and your unbelief hinder you from turning to the comforter. In Hebrews 3, 12, uh, God talked about that where it was their unbelief that was gonna keep them from entering his rest. And the deceitfulness of sin was hardening their hearts. So don't let pride and unbelief keep you from turning to Jesus. Um, a question is, how can I know God's comfort in my soul, in my spirit? How can I know Almighty God, His comfort, if I'm willfully and pridefully attempting to get comfort in sinful things? If I know God wants to be my comfort through His Word, if I know God wants to be my comfort through fellowship and through prayer, but I continue to go to other things, how am I gonna know him as my comforter? How am I gonna have that testimony to share with others? It's, it's time for us to keep really humble ourselves and trust God in this area. It's time to say, okay, I keep experiencing this or this circumstance is unpleasant. This is difficult, but it's time to rise up. Well, to lower humble ourselves, but to rise up in faith and say, you know what, God? You are faithful. You know what, God? Your grace is sufficient. My soul's melting with sorrow, but give me life in your word. Call a brother or a sister and encourage each other in the faith. It's time to cultivate that godly character because we're not defeated, but God wants men and women of character who are gonna praise him in affliction. Praise God for that. So the call of Jesus is the, it's still Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 through 30, where Jesus said, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, or all who are weary and burdened. Come to me, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke 
upon you and learn from me and you will find rest for your souls. Isn't that comforting? But it's a choice. Come to him. Go to him. He's so faithful. So I'm just thankful that I had the opportunity to share this word because again, God has been meeting me and my struggles when I'm afflicted, when I'm going through it. He has been meeting me and he's building a testimony and he's building compassion. When you go through that affliction or whatever trial, when you hear of someone else experiencing a similar thing, you can have some, some sympathy and some compassion there. So don't discount what you're going through. So God is wanting us to be people who are gonna get our comfort from him. When we go through affliction, to go to him in his word, to embrace fellowship, and to be people of prayer, but also, even when we're in it, to share what we've received from God with others. Sometimes it might be when you're actually in it that you need to get out of yourself and go serve someone else. But that's what God is calling us to do. So remember these things. Remember that passage. If you're ever going through it, remember Paul. He despaired of life itself, but ultimately so he wouldn't rely on himself, so he would rely on God. And God, I believe, did something in his soul that was deep there so that he could have something for others. So remember this. Let's not be, don't be defeated. Don't be complainers. Let's choose by grace through faith to worship him and to, to seek him for comfort. And let's live, let's live life with victory because it's available. So I am gonna give an opportunity for anyone who has never placed his or her faith in Jesus, and it's not just saying a prayer, it's repentance. It's acknowledging that I am a sinner before the holy God who sent the flood. I have rebelled against him. But Jesus suffered on the cross for my penalty. And I want to know this comforter. I want to know God. I'm tired of doing it myself. I'm tired of trying to fill life with the sinful things that I know are wrong. And I want to know this comforter. He's calling you saying, come to me. But it's surrender. So I'm going to give an opportunity if you've never placed your faith in Christ. I do want to ask everyone to stand for this part. If you've never surrendered to and placed your faith in Christ, I am going to ask you to just step on down to this area, this altar, and we will have someone walk with you and we'll pray with you and have someone to walk with you through this, um, this life. Again, don't allow pride and unbelief to keep you from the only genuine source of comfort. He wants to comfort you. He wants to heal you. He wants to give you hope. He wants to cleanse you. He wants to forgive you. He wants to use your life. He wants to give you purpose. He wants to give you satisfaction. And you know what else he wants to give you? He wants to give you his comfort when you go through affliction. He probably won't take away all affliction. But he wants to show you that he's God and you're not. And that he's good enough to comfort you in your affliction. So if you've never made that decision to really surrender, to really surrender, then this is an opportunity to come down and just put your faith in Christ. So I'm going to wait for a moment and um, we'll, we'll proceed from there. Thank you, Father. Father, you're drawing hearts. We thank you, Lord. You're speaking, God. 
You're speaking, God, to souls that you love. But God, those who do not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God is upon them, Lord. That's real, God. Your word, we deserve wrath, God. I pray that you would just open eyes to see that you, you desire repentance. You desire that men and women would come to Jesus and have a new life. Exchange the old life for a new life. God, do that in our hearts. Do that in these souls, God. Have your way, God. Praise the Lord. encourage you. This is a family that will come around you, that will love you. If you want to make that decision, there's no shame in Jesus. Jesus wants to cleanse you. You can boldly say, I'm done with my own comforts. I'm done with being Lord of my life. And I want Jesus, the one who raised from the dead, to be my Lord and Savior. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And I do also want to just give an opportunity. You don't have to come to the altar, but it is an opportunity to receive prayer. Just get real with God. If you've been finding comfort as a believer in other things, then you haven't been tasting the depths of the comforter that he has for you. If that's become a pattern for you, if that's become a way of life for you, then it's time to repent. It's time to get real with God. We can't do this on our own, (laughs) but he wants to help us. Or if you just need his comfort because you're in that affliction, it may be nothing necessarily sinful, but just life. And you've been experiencing affliction, I encourage you, take this gospel message to heart and here's an opportunity to come to the altar and someone can pray for you but take it home with you too take it wherever you go to eat that's what God is calling us to do is get our comfort in him and then to share it with others so I want to invite anyone that would like to come down for prayer um, some time alone with the Lord just come on down and just make that between you and God and there's no shame in it there's no shame in it There's no shame in Jesus. Let me say that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit wants to comfort you but when we hold on in pride we block his comfort not that you have to come to the altar this isn't a manipulation to come down here it's a matter of the heart don't let pride keep you from his comfort if you're in your chair just acknowledge where you're at to God that you need his comfort and he will meet you but then he wants to walk with you through life He wants you to take this truth through your life. So God, I thank you. I thank you for everyone here today that you brought each person here 
because you love them. But God, there's also warning to repent, not to go our own way, but to turn to Christ. Lord, I just pray that as people repent, as people look to Jesus, that you would bring comfort to souls in a place that only you can do it through your word, through your Holy Spirit, and through the body of Christ, Lord. I pray that we would become a people even more of just soaking up the comfort of God and letting that ooze out of us to others, Lord. I thank you, God. I thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Comfort these souls down here. Comfort these souls um, at their seats, God. Comfort us, God. But it's going to happen as we turn and look to Jesus. Oh, God, I praise you. I praise you for your word. And I pray, God, that we would be doers of your word, that we would leave this place and we would do this word. We would look to you for our comfort. Praise the Lord. So I say let's just kind of keep an attitude of just uh, reverence or letting God move. Um, You are dismissed unless, okay, um, wait just a moment. Pastor doesn't want to share something. Um, Praise the Lord.